Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Is It Wet, the podcast where, at this point, we're feeling like we're being puppeted from the inside by tenacious, power-hungry, teenier versions of ourselves. I'm Sophie. I'm Caitlin. And today we're doing, we're covering the 2002 live-action slash computer-animated supernatural adventure horror comedy, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Yeah, it was all of those things. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get into this. I'm so excited that I just want to get the wet parts of the week over with so we can talk about this movie. Dive dive right into the head first. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, Caitlin, did you have any wet moments of your week or did you view any any wet media? Unfortunately, I don't know that I viewed any wet media lately but i i'm having trouble i always forget to think about this oh i know okay so for this show that i'm helping produce um on i'll give a shout out uh, i know there's some some folks that listen to this and and i love you all um over at 2mb studios on twitch on uh, certain sundays at 8 p.m i help uh i i am in and I help produce a show called Glitty Litter and it's a game show and it's called Glitty Litter because my improv team is called Glitter and so that's like our aesthetic is like Lisa Frank and very much the kinds of things that we talk about in these movies so mm-hmm. it gave me because I'm doing this show it gave me an excuse to uh, get some fun outfit things and accessories that are just wet as hell the top I got is like the material is it's gonna be the most uncomfortable shirt I've ever worn in my life it just like smells like chemicals and it's like but it's this iridescent shiny stuff I will have to send you a picture I'll I'll get a picture of me in it for when we get an OnlyFans (laughs) no um for for the grand it's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, why not? You know, 2020, why not? And yeah, the shirt is just like, it's going to, I, it's just going to be like squeaky and squelchy the whole time. And I'm so excited. And I also got this glitter, body glitter, but like the real stuff the Ooh. not, not stuff I would buy from limited Two, which is also great. But, um, this is like for festivals and stuff. So it like, it it really goes on your face it's, and like, it like and it does it like cake it in a way that sort of like creates creates a whole sheen yes, yes yeah that's what i'm talking sporadic about sprinkling of of sort of half-assed pieces of glitter yeah no this is the real deal and it comes in a packet that's like um when people give babies and toddlers like um their like, first glitter <laughs> when they get, when they bestow them with their first glitter makeup, body, body glitter, yeah. Um, no, when they're it's like it's like apple an apple juice squeezy packet where you you twist the top off and then you can just like squeeze the apple juice or the yeah, apple yep, uh, yep. not apple juice um applesauce you just apple squeeze sauce, applesauce yeah. into your mouth that's like the squeezy packet that this stuff comes in Ooh. so yeah it l- just looks delicious and i'm i'm genuinely uh, concerned that i'm gonna try to eat some of it hey but. 
You never know if you don't go, as you know. Smash Mouth said so famously. Oh, yeah. So, I, so famously. Yeah. And so surprising that they weren't in this movie because we'll get to it, but there was it, a lot it of It is other... a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they might as, as well been have have uh, they might as well have been in this movie. Honestly. Yes, their spirit guided it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Sophie? Yeah, I had a fairly dry week. I don't really have anything of note. However, I did uh, catch up on the Mandalorian, the second oh, season of right, the Mandalorian, right. and I think the discourse is out there. But you know, I'm coming to terms with the fact that. Baby Yoda is a terrorist. Oh no! And I don't, I don't mince words. I Baby Yoda. Uh, I attempted, mean, so is Superman. So so is so of course <laughs> so is Superman. Um, you know, yes. Yeah, so he, uh, in the most adorable way possible, he tries to attempt genocide in the second episode oh man uh I, he, that's surprising to me <laughs> it I, is very they have ch- chosen to go in a very interesting direction with baby yeah. yoda so essentially in the second episode uh the mandalorian is tasked he's given a side quest where he he has to um transport this adorable little frog lady who's just the cutest that can't he can't she just speaks frog and she has she has like a a a tub of her eggs and these are the last i like where this is going in like a lit blue goop and and it's like a backpack you gotta watch this and she 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 through a translator she tells them like these are the last eggs i will ever produce and i need to get to this other planet where my husband can fertilize them and we are like the last of our kind so this is very important and it has been established in the first season that baby yoda loves frogs like there's nothing more (laughs) and this woman is like she's a she's like a the size of a small child so baby yoda is not gonna fuck with her okay uh but he would he gulps down frogs constantly for oh seasons. he loves them he loves he, to eat them he loves to eat them yeah, yeah. okay okay he <laughs> said he loves them and i was like oh, oh that's no, cute. no no he likes to <laughs> consume them and and okay. he's a ravenous little 50 year old baby wow, uh okay. <laughs> you gotta, gotta watch the show <laughs> gotta so watch show. the entire episode is just him getting into the the thing of eggs and sl- and throughout the episode oh, no. eating the last of her people's eggs and he does it in the most adorable way and he just slurps them down and it's very wet but it's it's like very cute but at the same time you're like baby yoda (laughs) baby yoda don't wipe out the last of the species baby yoda um but he does not succeed like she they get to the planet and uh there's a little baby yeah they and a little baby is born and baby yoda actually plays with the little baby and i was a little bit like but it was fine it was fine um okay but yeah it was wet the frog lady was was super cute but very wet with her big bug eyes and yeah i think a little green puppet slurping down some gooey eggs yeah when he's really not supposed to being a little mis little rascal i think that's a very wet concept so oh totally and yeah yeah, and i guess um yeah baby yoda uh people are mad at baby yoda now i think he's been 
canceled. The tide tide has turned against Baby Yoda. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a quick, quick timeline, short <laughs> timeline. Um, But yeah, we all knew it was going to happen. What is the thing that Batman from Batman where it's like, you're either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a very old baby, so it was he's bound to happen. He's a very old baby. Oh, boy. Yeah. Speaking of old babies, <laughs> um, Scrappy-Doo. Because <laughs> at one point, uh, fucking um, Velma, Velma's like, he's not even a puppy. What? Okay. I already... I'm already... <laughs> I am already checked out. Okay. I gotta take off my sweater. I, I'm overheating. <laughs> this, this information is too much. <laughs> I have to go I have to compose myself. Excuse me? Yeah, she at one point is like it's the part where it's the only time you see Scrappy before it's revealed. And like I don't give a shit about spoilers, especially for this movie. If you're listening to like a movie podcast, you gotta be aware that there might be spoilers. But also like if you care that we ruin Scooby Doo this movie from 2002 for you, then fuck you. Like <laughs> so when uh the only time you see Scrappy before it's revealed that he's the villain behind everything um which as he, a plot twist i gasped i oh, i was totally. i was i was shocked like yeah oof, oof, oh it's a good a one twist. it is it is a good it is twist. a great one yeah and i st- like i still reference this twist i like yeah in, you know how most people's go-to for like a twist is like the sixth sense or yeah. m night Shyamalan movie or something um that's the same thing but i guess i meant a different m night Shyamalan <laughs> movie Mine is like when Scrappy Doo is revealed in in Scooby Doo, yeah, yeah, um, because it's the same thing. But yeah, so it's the scene where he pisses on Daphne. Ta-da! Oh God, he's peeing on me. <gasps> yeah, and um, which why would you? Well, I'm, we'll get yeah. to it, but why, why would you have this in the movie? But um, and Velma says he wasn't even a puppy. He had a gland disorder. Oh, okay. So he's not, right. he's just like not a puppy, I guess. Okay. Even though he right. says puppy power, but yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. Right. The words scrappy do, it's almost like I am a, like a cantankerous cowboy in a saloon, and someone <laughs> has come up with and said to me, hey, uh, yeah, he's scrappy do, p- pisses on. Um, on Velma or Daphne in the Mystery Machine, and, and I just look at you and I say, Scrappy Doo, I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> and and honestly, yeah, that that is uh, honestly my reaction. None of this movie makes sense, but the... okay, I think some of it makes <laughs> okay, so, sense. Some honestly, of it makes sense. Yes, it's or okay. I'll say this. Okay. I'll say. It made some of it made more sense than other movies right. we have watched. But anything is what I'll say. Any any element where you throw scrap Scrappy Doo into, there <laughs> yeah. is just chaos. And I think that yeah. I think he is a he is a chaos agent. I think that is that yeah. is canon. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. before before we get into this, do, did was this the first time you had seen this movie? 
I think I think so because I okay. I I think it I think I must have seen parts of it because uh, okay. I, I I didn't have a, a disdain for it the way that I've had for some of that like Spy Kids or something else. Yeah, I think I must have have seen it at one point, but I did not remember the twist. So oh, okay. I okay. was I was very shocked. Yeah, uh, I just but I mean. If I had gone to like screen screenwriting 101, I should have known. Why would yeah. they do a random scrappy do scene if they weren't going to pay it off? Uh, yeah, I had not seen this movie. Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like it was a lot. <laughs> it was funnier and fun than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be like hurling the whole time. Like okay. particularly when you first are introduced to scooby-doo's animation and they're like listen it's gonna be this way the entire movie it's not gonna be different like this is what we this is as best as we could do and you're just like okay yeah yeah so yeah this is the second time i have seen this movie Mm -hmm. uh only the second time i don't even think i've seen bits and pieces of it any other time And the only other time I saw it was when it came out in theaters, the day it came out in theaters. And this is not because I love Scooby-Doo. I like Scooby-Doo. I like the old cartoons. I like them. Fine. They're they're great. They're great Mm -hmm. for kids. I went, I insisted on going the day it came out to see this movie because I knew that before the movie there was going to be a preview for harry potter and the chamber of secrets oh okay yeah yeah and so i and you couldn't just like go to youtube and look up a trailer back then in in 2002 so yeah that's the only reason why i think i i think i like roped my brother and some of his friends into going (laughs) with me and then just being like don't fucking talk to me the whole time. <laughs> I just need to see this when the Harry Potter trailer's over. It, you, anything goes. You can do whatever. Um, but yeah, so this was, I experienced all of this uh, as a child in the theater. Twist included. It was a crazy Ooh. twist back then. Great. But um, but yeah, obviously I, I knew that going into it this time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that was my <laughs> experience with this movie. <laughs> How would you compare those two viewing experiences? Did mm. you this time watch the trailer for Chamber of Secrets before <laughs> before watching it? Just oh, to I get the should full have. Experience? I yeah. really should have. No, I did not. I would say I liked it as much as I did the first time. Mm-hmm. In that I hadn't originally gone because I wanted to see it even. <laughs> so you had no expectations. Yeah, I had no expectations. Yeah. I I yeah. just let it wash over me. I I, yeah. I didn't hate it as much as other movies I've seen for this yeah. podcast. Oh, and for I sure. certainly did not like it as much as some others. Yes. But I liked watching it. I think there's lots yeah. to there's lots to pick apart and it's really wet on it. It was wetter than I thought it was going to be, honestly. It was very wet. It was it was an easy watch for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I comprehended much of it, and we're gonna. <laughs> so I think a lot of this podcast is is gonna be Caitlin explaining some some of the heady concepts introduced, <laughs> and me shouting because I I like I still won't get it. But um, 
I do want to comment that this is the only uh, movie we've done so far that is post 9-11. Okay. Or, well, really, this is the latest movie we've done so Whoa, far. Really? All of the other movies have been, <laughs> yeah, 2002. All of the movies we've done so far have been in, okay. in mostly in mostly in the 90s and uh, late 90s and 2000, like 2000, 2001. Okay. So, wow. yeah, Spy Kids came out before 9-11. I don't. I don't know if there's a, a connect. I'm not saying there is a connection there. I'm just saying that go to Spy our- Kids. Everybody, everybody right now, go to Spy Kids. Came out before 911.com. Go. <laughs> Sophie runs uh, it. I I will say, but I but I wonder because of course our culture changed things. I think things the 2000s. We were deeper into the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. Things were. Very cynical. I I remember pop culture being a li- very very mean spirited, kind uh cynical. Yeah, um, yeah. But 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 still, but extremely normy. And I I'm interested if if you think that that kind of affected the tone of this movie. I don't think it was mean spirited, but there was a lot of like, very yeah. There was a lot of edgy edgy material and yeah. Uh, well, I think yeah. that. One of the only things that I learned about, like, the production of this yeah. movie, I'm sure you came across it, too, was that it originally was was supposed to be really dark. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I don't know any more about that, which I, it sounds like you do. Um, I don't know any more about that other than it was supposed to be darker and they, like, had to remove cleavage yeah. afterwards um, in post. And yeah. I think no matter what, it was going to end up, if they used any yeah. of the original material, it was going to end up being darker. Uh, yeah, I think in general, this movie, and I like wrote this down in my notes, I was like, this movie captures an extremely specific moment mm-hmm. in time yes. and had to have immediately become uh, like dated. <laughs> right. Like almost at the day after it came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it just like leaned. I think I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. And I, I was thinking about that too, in that it just leaned really hard into the moment that it was in. Yeah. Uh, even as far as throwing in Pamela Anderson for yep. s- some yep. reason and uh, Mark McGrath. Oh, which we're gonna get. We're oh. gonna have a McGrath section. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, but I I agree. Like, but it, yeah, it's that it was like dated. that. Those yeah. those and those characters like weren't they were they were playing themselves and they weren't like there were wasn't a reason for them to be there. They didn't work Mark McGrath back into the. He didn't come back. There wasn't more of him. He was just playing a concert on the fucking island. And and Pam Anderson, too. Like, there, yeah. there wasn't a reason for her to be Pam Anderson in that scene. And so I feel like this was, like, they just leaned so hard into, like, yeah. this moment in 2002, fashion to the tone to, like, yeah. everybody is kind of shitting on each other the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just... Truly a time capsule. Yes. Yeah, so I, that that is also the piece that I I found out was that James Gunn, the screenwriter, who, which he, I he, didn't know till afterwards. Holy shit! Who directed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, he revealed, yeah, that there was an R-rated cut of Scooby Doo in which they had to remove cleavage and they removed a lot of direct references to. 
uh, marijuana and Shaggy being a, uh, a stoner. There were more direct references. Yes, that's my problem, is there was so much cleavage. There was a point in the movie, like, there hit a a point, like, halfway through, where just suddenly, Vel- I think it's when Velma's body is, like, taken over, where there's just, both Velma and Daphne, there's just so much cleavage. Yeah. And then there's so many weed jokes, so many blatant yeah. weed jokes. So I'm like, what was the version I with know. more cleavage? Wow, that is more- shocking to me. Yeah, because we, yeah, when I heard the cleavage thing, I was like, what? There was boobs everywhere. Like, they would not give Isla Fisher any article of clothing that was a full piece of clothing. They like they, they refused. They were like, okay, well, if you want to wear... If you don't want to wear a tube top, then you got to have a mini skirt. And if you want to wear pants, then you got your shirt has to be half of it. Um, it was so horny. So it like- was so horny. And and yeah, I wrote down, I was like, we are 10 minutes into the movie and there have been like 85 marijuana references. <laughs> like we're 10 minutes in. And like, I don't care now. But I was no. like, what? What was any of this to me when I was however <laughs> years old, sit, like watching this? In the th- like, uh, uh, I, it sounds like it was supposed to be like a a parody. Yeah, this yeah. also came out the same year as Goldmember, oh. and there's like there's this there's a similar vibe. Yeah, that I think, and I I loved Goldmember as a kid, so maybe I would have liked this movie, even even though it's not it doesn't have the caliber of of jokes of gold <laughs> yeah. member i'm gonna be real yeah uh but yeah i just release i need to see the 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 james gun cut yeah <laughs> and just like i just kind of want to know what it was supposed to be because it really sounds like it was supposed to be something like okay this is i'm trying to think of if there's like an, an equivalent of another universe where it's like right. characters you know from kids stuff and we're gonna do it like market it for adults and have it be like really raunchy and stuff like i could see that right. happening so maybe that's what it was supposed to be and i like it just turned into just completely bland like they right, they just right. yeah so i guess Maybe early on here, I have some questions about the Scooby-Doo universe. Can I ask you sure. those? Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, so this is it, unexpected, but but is I it like in the beginning, like they or throughout mm-hmm. the throughout the movie, they made it clear that Scooby and Shaggy love eating like gross out combinations of food like disgusting yeah. combos like chocolate covered eggplant burger. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that? I thought their whole thing was like they loved eating a lot it would it they like eating gross shit they love eating a lot like i know that they um love creating sandwiches the size of their body that okay. they then uh find ha- hilariously uh <laughs> put somehow get into their mouth okay. they love they both love eating uh dog treats and okay, i yeah, don't know i out. i don't think it's i don't know i i did watch the the animation um and the like direct to um vhs movies or yeah. series uh but i don't know if i remember specifics like that but it's not out of character i okay, almost liked okay. it as a little detail because I loved his little speech at the beginning it, it was extremely wet where he's trying to get at the beginning they're all fighting for you. They just, it again, 
the first scene so chaotic and made and made your res they just drop you in yeah and uh they kind of come to a head over how the last job went and they they're about to split up and and uh shaggy says fred you're the big banana and i cannot do a sh- i cannot do any scooby-doo or shaggy impressions it's just not in my repertoire so i'm going to do um i think i'm gonna do uh helen Mirren. Oh, okay. From the Queen. Okay. Fred, you're the big banana. Daphne's the pastrami and gum-flavored ice cream. And Velma, you're the sweet and sour mustard sauce that goes on top. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was cute. Yeah, it definitely showed that he he, he would think that yeah. Sunday is, is delicious. And just gum-flavored ice cream, it, it, it's just a very wet, wet, description it's it was so wet yeah i was like oh all the combinations of these different goopy things together is yeah and that happens right after like some line that that whole opening sequence that you just get dropped into uh fred says like okay and then you'll activate the conveyor belt spilling the oil onto the floor and then like and then the oil spills all over the floor and then like scooby and shaggy skateboarding through oil is like that's one of the wettest visuals of the early 2000s. Uh, that was so wet. I was like, we are skateboarding through oil right now. And it, yeah, yeah, it was so good. <laughs> and right away, uh, just Daphne getting a wedgie, Velma being hung upside down, just just immediately right off the bat. So horny. Just oh, so, yeah. like, just, just just sexualizing uh them and the thing i love about scooby-doo is the unveiling yeah yeah at the end i love that it's always the same yeah the same it's always like don't worry kids ghosts don't exist yeah and uh yeah it's usually some um literal roller coaster tycoon who is trying to extort, extort yeah it's always like old oh, man yeah. whatever Oh, it was nothing, really. But old Mr. Pietro posing as the doorman sure had us fooled for a while. Yeah, I I like that, too. And so that that um, wasn't true of this movie. Uh, no, um, no. This no. broke the universe. <laughs> this broke the universe. But I kept being like, I kept thinking, okay, this is like, this is like, oh, man. And I just realized now that I'm kind of shitting on James Gunn the whole time. I, I didn't. I didn't really realize it. I think I think probably they again, we know the original uh, draft of this was so different. Yeah. But I was like this is like magical realism uh, being right. done by someone who doesn't understand the concept of magical realism. Yeah. Like yes. uh we when we see Scooby um so okay, so after they split up, and now it's 2 years later and a mysterious entity known as Mr. Monstrosity or something, I don't know, Rowan Atkinson invites them to an island, to Spooky Island, which I loved. I loved that it was just called Spooky Island. <laughs> um, so he invites them there and they meet up at the airport, unbeknownst to all of them, like, oh, we all got invited. And to sneak Scooby-Doo onto the plane, they dress him up as a grandma and... I was I kept being like, what is the joke here? Because right. everyone in the airport, everyone <laughs> is gawking at him. 
And I'm like, are they seeing a dog or are they seeing a woman? Because from their reactions, I couldn't tell because they were like kind of put off, but but like laughing. I, I couldn't tell. And I was like, it's like they were doing magical realism, but had no idea what it was because it's yeah, neither. Yeah. The whole movie is neither clear enough nor vague enough to be magical realism. Like, right, right. they're like we're gonna straight up tell you that this is a dog in clothes and then everyone is gonna see that and then just not say anything I like I couldn't tell what the joke was (laughs) and then I think it was like it got stripped of whatever the joke was supposed to be and that's just like what the director filmed or something I don't know oh my god I have a um I do have a hundred years of solitude joke Okay, yeah, let's okay, uh, we need that. Many years later, as he faced the firing squad, Scrappy-Doo was to remember the distant afternoon when his uncle took him to discover Scooby Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> it, this movie, it, it, see, it was trying to, it was clearly yes, yeah. based on 100 Years of Solitude. It was, clearly. Uh, it, the, it was there, you had yeah. to be in the know, yeah. but it was clear, it, you know... It was definitely about a family in turmoil yep. over the generations. Yep. And uh yeah, uncle uncle against nephew. Oh man. Uh yeah. funny fact about James Gunn. Do you know what movie he directed not long after this? Nope. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't care to learn. S- uh Slither. <gasps> Wait, the one that the one we oh. have an embargo against doing yeah. because it looks so wow. disgusting. So this dude just loves wet shit. He, huh? he is a wet dude. And I would say that Guardians of the Galaxy, of the dry, dry yeah. Marvel movies, is one of the wetter ones. Totally. Yeah. I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He, yeah. He's not afraid to try a lot of stuff with CGI, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was so the visuals in this movie were bad. They were they bad. were real bad. They were bad. Like it was it was yeah. bad to look at. But there were some things in here that were not bad to look at. Like yes. I loved Isla Fisher's low, extremely low cut, long denim skirt. Yes. Like yeah. ugh, just ugh, so two thousand two. I... So drippy and shiny and it's like a long denim skirt but cut Mm -hmm. so low and then just there's just a slit right up the side like it it makes no sense and had to have been so uncomfortable to wear it just just not ideal i loved i loved see i think what i like about scooby-doo is that they're just these iconic characters that have like a clear aesthetic and an outfit Mm -hmm. and i love that and i love I love a ragtag group where each each person has their thing. <laughs> yep. uh, and I loved, I've always loved, loved Daphne. I loved her in this. I liked uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's take on her. Love Velma. That that goofy bitch is great. <laughs> yep, she was great. Um, when Rowan Atkinson comes out as the island oh owner, and I was like, oh, now I'm kind of excited for this movie. I was like, I wasn't yep. before, but... Now I'm kind of excited. I didn't realize he was in it. And I haven't seen him in much stuff, which was why yeah, I was excited yeah. to see it. But I kind of want to see him in more things because he's yeah. probably just he's fantastic in this. And I'm sure he's great in anything. And he just when you're introduced to him, he's wearing it's a leather jacket, 
but it's like a sparkly leather it's, jacket. It's very sparkly. He, uh, yeah, he he needed to be in more scenes. He needed to be set up a little bit more. But I also, I was thinking that. But now I also kind of realize why he wasn't set up more. Because he had oh, like a little right. dog inside of him. <laughs> yeah, he had a little tiny uh, dog inside of him. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, okay. that. All right. Yep. The okay. whole time there was yep. a dog, yeah. dog inside of there. Oh, okay. So one thing I will say is I did remember the twist was it was Scrappy Doo. Like <laughs> I, that's the part I remembered, but I didn't remember who he was gonna be, who he was gonna be revealed to <laughs> yeah. be. So at to be different inside points, of piloting like the little guy from Men in Black, but like right, but like right. in his chest cavity horrifying horrifying but horrifying. At, at various points in the movie i thought he was i was like oh maybe he's he tr- it turns out he's like taking a potion and he's the guy from the temple of doom yeah um and and then at another point i was like oh the big monster things that's what he is he like yeah, yeah. he he did a spell that like made him well he that does end up happening yeah. to him um yeah. and, but i thought those monster things were him and then i was like Oh, okay. No, yeah, I think he's inside of Rowan Atkinson. But so yeah, I remember the twist that it was scoop, uh, Scrappy, but it was kind of exciting for me to be like, oh, but I don't remember which one he is. Right. So that so, was fun. And every every piece of trivia about this film is a gift. So um, originally, Tim Curry was who was a life he was a lifelong uh, Scooby Doo fan was offered <laughs> okay. the role of the villain Mondavarius, but turned it down after learning the film would include Scrappy-Doo, a character he dislikes. <laughs> Wait, so he was like, <laughs> he's a huge fan of Scooby-Doo, yeah. like a huge fan so much that he wanted to be involved in this fucking yes. movie and then learned that Scrappy-Doo <laughs> was in it. Did he even know that it's like inside him? <laughs> Yeah, that he he would have technically been playing Scrappy Doo. Ah, uh, wow! And he was just like, "Fuck this, I'm out." That's hysterical. That is like, uh, if someone offered me a lead part in the Vampire Diaries reboot, and I was like, "Yes, I love it, so good," and then I found out that Damon was going to be puppeting me from the inside a character <laughs> yeah. i deeply dislike would be puppeting me from the inside i get it tim curry you stuck you stuck by your 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 guns and you did not you did not uh relent to the hollywood system you were like you stayed true to yourself and i love that because honestly fuck scrappy do yeah fuck scrappy do and the people who made this movie were like fuck scrappy do because the only scene we're gonna give him besides being a villain is we're gonna have him just like piss on sarah michelle geller like why would you do that let's talk about the airplane scene let's oh yeah okay the airplane scene so i you mean the scene where uh simple plan is playing yes thank you (laughs) i that that unlocks something inside of myself because I don't know if I've talked about it much on this podcast, but I was, I was uh, really into pop punk. I was an emo kid. I went through a few phases of it, but definitely the beginning phase was very simple plan. Blink 182, mm-hmm. uh, Green Day, good Charlotte. going to Hot Topic, Good Charlotte, mm-hmm. and uh, something. And 
I think I've thought of that experience as dry, but looking back, like hearing uh, Simple Plan's vocals, them nasally saying that they're never going to grow up, mm-hmm. it, it's it's so wet. It's just like the idea, just, just everything, everything about pop, pop punk I have decided is very wet. Yeah, especially Simple Plan. But I did love this like alternative kid airline that you can bring your Great Dane in a dress on. You can bring your un-uncaged cat on. It's mostly a bar. It's, it's mostly, mostly a, a bar, bar. For, for, te- for teens. Yeah. 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 Because, okay, so that's something that I felt, I kept feeling like I missed it. That like yeah. the island was created for like college kids to party on spring break. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I miss that too. I think that is the purpose. I really do. I think so too. And I think maybe like that was the target audience for yeah. this movie originally when it was supposed to be like dark and sexy. Yes. Maybe yeah. they, it was like, oh, it's going to be like, like young people, but like adults. Yeah. Because it seems like they had like, yeah, they they kind of refused to change that part of the movie that like why yeah. why would young why would like the actual audience for this movie which was like my brother and I when we mm-hmm. were, you know, in elementary school. Yeah. When we went to see this like why would we care about like a spring break party island? <laughs> you know, like uh, it just it just seems like now that I'm thinking about this movie, I'm kind of yeah. seeing the seeing the weird scaffolding left over from yes. whatever this movie yeah. was originally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I yeah, I guess it was it's an island for spring breakers because rowan atkinson loves young people he just loves he just wants young people to have fun he makes that clear there's a lot of chrome amusement park rides why did they have to be all chrome <laughs> you tell me Wait, or don't tell me because i don't need to know it's just wet <sighs> but yeah so he does that and the problem the reason why they've been called to the island is because they are the people <sighs> arrive it's fucking Halloween Town. Like, it's it, Halloween yeah. Town, where the people arrive, and they're having so much fun or whatever, and then by the end, when they leave, they're like, their personalities are gone, and they're, they've been changed. Yes, and and that part, I just, like, could not wrap my head around, I, and with the reveal, still could not... Oh, even after the reveal, I think it's that they didn't. Their they their souls have been taken from them. Okay, what I think, and again, this is probably. I know I say this every episode. This is probably the biggest example of Scrappy Doo. What was the plan? I know. I also Scrappy Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Scrappy yeah. Doo. I swear to God, what was the plan? Okay, so what I think. The idea was, was that he was teaching, because remember we see that, oh, that yeah. educational video? That's yeah. Like, I totally forgot about that. that what like, was that? Kids, uh, instead of like getting into fights, kids should use slang words to uh, just chill out, man. Yeah. I think he was teaching his monsters how to be teenagers. Oh. <gasps> And in ha- so, because I think he takes the soul, and then the monsters go into the 
into the yes. the young people's bodies. Oh, you and got then, it. You explained it to me. And they're trying to affect what teenagers sound like, and they do like just fairly uh, offensive. They just use slang words, yeah. but but it just makes no sense. But yeah. then again, so okay, if that's the plan, and then he need he needs the plan is to then lure the mystery. Mystery Inc., Mystery Machine, the gang, to the island because he needs Scooby-Doo's pure soul, which I shed a tear because, like, it was it was beautiful. But, wait, though, wait. <laughs> but I, I, it's just occurring to me. Yeah, he invited them to the island so that he could have Scooby-Doo's pure soul. They were already, Mystery Inc. <laughs> was already separated. Why didn't he just invite Scooby-Doo? Why did he invite? Why did he get them all back together just to have Scooby Doo? I so I like he made it harder for himself. Just invite Scooby Doo. Be like, why don't you just be scrappy and be like, hey, because Scooby Doo didn't really give a shit that much that he pissed yeah, on Daphne. Yeah. He didn't really care because yeah. he's that's his uncle and he's a dog also. Yeah. So why couldn't he have just been like, hey, Uncle Scoob, come and visit me on my party island. And yeah. then Scoob would have came. Boom, bam, done. Yeah. The only explanation I have is that we really get a condensed villain story villain uh origin story <laughs> yeah. in that in a, what you think is a comic relief scene where he pisses on something but they leave him on like the side of the grand canyon and he's just a little puppy yeah. he's very tenacious and very brave yeah. but an upstart so maybe he like really suffered and just thought of ways to exact revenge upon the entire um scoob and the gang and he needed them all there to see his his plan. Okay, yeah. My, okay. And this is where the universe breaks because then it also it means monsters are real and that and that mm-hmm. magic oh, is yeah. real and that mm-hmm. Scrappy Doo has the power to wield magic and like mm-hmm. souls and the soul is mm-hmm. real. And we'll uh-huh. we'll, yep. we'll get into protoplasm. I'm not ready to talk about <laughs> protoplasm yet. I'm not ready. I I I was I keep looking at the word and being like, do I say this now? I'm glad I haven't. I'm glad yeah. I hadn't because you would have just. I will have a full down, a full meltdown <laughs> if we if we have to talk about. Because I'm just trying to wrap my head. So yeah, so magic is real. Okay, so that that's I think I've explained it, but I'm still wait, very no, confused. Wait. <laughs> wait, you know what else is real? Not only is magic real, but if all of this is true, it means Scrappy Doo <laughs> says the line. <laughs> You don't have the scrote for this job, Pally. <laughs> I don't know if you got that. I did. But I did. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like even uh, Shaggy. I'll do my Shaggy voice again. He says to um, Isla Fisher, "I don't need to know what voulez-vous coucher avec moi means to appreciate the song." Oh God! I, it's great. Great. Yeah, you it can just great. say that say that in French. That one was a little yeah. more tame than than referencing the scrotum. Yes, yeah, scrotes and earlier when it oh being like 
my name's Mary Jane. That's my favorite name. <laughs> Those are one of the things that I was like, that's not a funny joke to an adult. Right. And a child is not going to get it. Right. That's why you've that's why you've put the joke in the children's movie, because the children won't get it. Right. And so I was like, who is this funny for? That's right. not a funny line. Who is the who? <laughs> it's literally made for like maybe James Gunn had a, a a vision that BuzzFeed would become a thing in like <laughs> 15 years and that they would be yeah. they they would write a list like ah oh, um secret hidden dirty jokes or references in in movies from your childhood and then it's just like a, a screen grabs of those two lines yeah oh man so i yeah i mean so basically to summarize the rest of the movie <laughs> real quick <laughs> it's basically like Okay, so we told you that the the kid, the young people are arriving. They're leaving as monsters who have been brainwashed into acting like young people, and they go off. And this is all in the hopes that Scrappy gets the pure one, who is Scooby Doo. And when he sacrifices the pure one, it will unleash an energy and magic into the world that will allow all of these monsters to like take over. Okay, that's the part I didn't get the sort of the 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 end game of that. But so S- Scrappy Doo was willing to basically trigger a global apocalypse and the end of of humanity. Yeah. W- okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I can use more specific language because I did write down this quote. Uh, once the Darkopolypse ritual is performed, the creatures will rule the world for 10,000 years. Okay. Uh, so uh, it might have been 10 million years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the Darkopolypse. So it's yeah, he was triggering the dark. Yeah, he was triggering the Darkopolypse. Um, you do the Darkopolypse ritual and then the creatures will rule the world for 10 million years. So, um, and where, yeah, I mean, clear his plan since Deacon Frost, baby. It's, you know? it, okay. It's, all right. I'll give Scrappy-Doo more credit. <laughs> Every time I see Scrappy-Doo, my, I feel like someone is just ringing out my brain. Yeah. My my question then is, where does Scrappy Doo see himself in this new empire? Because the the leader, the leader, but he's not a monster. He's a very tenacious puppy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think he, I think he becomes, I think he became a monster at the end. Oh, oh, right. You're right. I'm forgetting. And yeah, then which... I literally, I blinked and he was deflated. And so yeah. I don't know how they deflated him. I still, like, I don't know. But I, I was like, I, I get it. I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I Okay. So he does become a monster. Okay. Yeah. He became like a big monster guy at the end, kind of. So he, it was very, it was very blood god like. Um, it was. I will have to say. And so when uh, earlier when I was like, wow, this this is like the same thing as Halloween Town, where right. like I on the island I was like, it's called Spooky Island, but there's like, like the the theme of it wasn't clear. Yes, um, yeah. The theme of Spooky Island wasn't clear to me in the way that Halloween Town's theme was not clear to me. <laughs> And then the like that it's changed and the people have been stripped of their personalities, it seems like. And then when it's revealed that the monsters in this movie are also vampires. Yeah, yeah. In that uh, they are not allowed to be ex- or they can't be exposed to direct yeah. sunlight. I was like, this movie, why is this movie combining everything? <laughs> this is all of the movies we've watched so far 
I don't know if we have time for this, but I was imagining a bit of like, I think we can go through every movie we watched so far and, f- and this movie has it. Let's do it. The, Let's do it. This Let's movie is the zenith of all the movies we've watched so far. And so I don't know what that means in terms of, you know, how good it is. But yeah. if it's all of the movies we've watched combined. Um, so, yeah, The Matrix. Uh, to me, mm-hmm. I, the part where I was like, oh, this is The Matrix. This yeah. is essentially The Matrix. Um, I know you don't want to talk about the protoplasm souls, um, but when the, how the souls like shloop into your into your body. Yeah that's like exactly what neo does uh-huh. at it's it's just like people slooping into each other's bodies yeah it also a mysterious invitation to <gasps> absolutely uh, to an to another a second location yeah uh, that's that's very the matrix. oh also the cave rave the dank cave rave yes yeah that's in the that that same set i'm pretty sure that's where they filmed the orgy scene in the second matrix movie so they just like left up all the decorations yeah. and were like just just lube a bunch of people up and and film Keanu Reeves and what's her face having sex. And okay, so then we watched. What did we watch after the Matrix? Uh, Spy Kids. This oh, is yeah, Spy Kids. It floops Fooglies. The horror floops Fooglies. The horror a twist Fooglies. villain. Oh, yeah, aesthetically, on the same page, like. I think that Scooby-Doo, it, yeah, is just Spy Kids if it uh, spent an afternoon in a Spencer's Gifts. That's, oh, totally. that's That's the difference. Yeah, yes. that's honestly the difference between the two the two movies. Yeah, they use the same the same programs to make the thumb yeah. thumbs, and it's just Robert Rodriguez. Which how the we could not have known this at the time, but Robert Rodriguez was like it, it, everything was in moderation. Yeah, in Robert yeah, Rodriguez's yeah. film, how could we have known? This is like when someone got the same program and was like, "I monsters in every scene," <laughs> and like, and they're like, "Oh, but the monsters look so bad. I don't care. We need a bunch jumping through <laughs> the windows to be now." As melty and goopy and horrifying as possible, yeah. and one of the lead characters needs needs to just look like just a complete complete utter horror and oh, uh, and yet emote it, and and be one of our he was leading, so leading. hard to look at i kept making this joke it's not a good joke but i kept being like uh i said something about like freddie prince jr arguably one of the stars of this movie <laughs> which is like not i kept being like scooby-doo arguably the star of this movie wait do you want to know a fact about freddie prince jr yeah so he was nominated for a razzie for worst supporting actor for this role but he lost to hayden christensen for star wars episode 2 attack of the clouds from the moment i met you all those years ago not a day has gone by when i haven't thought of you and now that i'm with you again i'm in agony The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, I gotta... 
I got to give it to the Academy, um, uh, that, that the, the Razzie right. Academy. Yeah. That was a good call. That it's was the correct call. call. It's a tight race. Uh, but, and then it was nominated for another Razzie, Most Flatulent Teen Targeted Movie, but it uh-huh. lost to Jackass the Movie. So uh, You're telling me <laughs> this movie lost the most flatulent ever in whatever yeah. that award was. It, <laughs> this movie lost that. It lost it. To, to jackass the movie like that's fair but i i know was it's there hard a, was there a literal farting contest in jackass i don't i don't know if i've seen jack i i apologize that wow. i did not fully research this <laughs> this episode by watching jackass the movie um, uh, okay, wait, so our third know. movie our third movies that we did were okay. what are our third movies wasn't that the don blue the- yeah, Thumbelina okay. and Secret of Them. Yeah, Thumbelina, I would say, is a pure soul who is manipulated by those those around her. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, the horniness of Thumbelina, too, is oh, reflected totally. in this movie. Secret of Nim. Secret of Nim, what for me was there, I don't know if you noticed, but at one point Shaggy goes, Shaggy and Scooby go down a dank sewer hole into, oh, like, a, into a and cave. He goes... He dives straight in there. Which... He dives straight in there. Would yep. have killed him, which a hundred, a hundred percent would have killed him. Like, you can't dive headfirst down a huge. Don't. There was other choices, hole. but yeah. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, um, but that I when he fell down there, I was like, this is this is exactly what happened in the Secret of Nim. I literally yeah. saw it flash before my yeah. eyes. There was a lab. There's a lab scene. Oh yeah, like where they're conducting, yeah, experiments on like nefarious experiments for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up was the blob. Mm, this one might be difficult. I think I have it. Okay. Shaggy sees the monster first. The m- monsters first when yes. he's uh, lured into the woods by hamburgers. Classic Scooby Doo. Yep. And comes back and tells tells Raggy about it. Um, not, that's as far as I'll go with the voice. Um, <laughs> and Shaggy does not believe him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, Scooby, there's no monster." And like he's trying to warn people that things are afoot and no one no one believes him because he's a, a a great dane yeah that's it right there that, i mean that was at the essence of yeah that's the the nugget of truth from the blob that's what yeah. the whole thing was about people are might not believe you about the, the threat of communism but <laughs> you need to just be persistent and yep. and tell them about it that was the clear yeah. message of this movie yeah yeah Ugh. And then the fly. This one seems easy to me. There was some body horror in this. Yes, it was not. Yeah. It, it obviously not the um, done with the finesse of of a Cronenberg uh, of a Cronenberg movie. But you know when Scrappy Doo just like starts transforming into this monstrosity, or or just bodies being fused with other yeah. beings. A um, soul in someone else's body. Yeah, body. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You you yeah. not fe- you not being in your own body anymore. It's something foreign to you. That concept completely is uh, ripped off in this movie. Someone overreacting to a slight, way out of yes. proportion. <laughs> yes. The same way that Scrappy Doo reacts. Well, he was left by the side of the road, but he yeah, did but pee he on her. 
on someone like (laughs) and and was just super annoying and just harshing their vibe like oh totally he uh, also said it all it wasn't just because he peed it was also because then he uh, just bafflingly unexplicable sorry inexplicably um, no, it was declared- unexplicable. Too. <laughs> yeah, he unexplicably declared himself the leader of the group. Yeah, yeah, and was like, "You need to worship me." And they were like, "No," and he was like, "Then I hate you." And then, right, right. I don't know. And then they left him on the side of the road. <laughs> it was definitely a lot his fault. Yes, he, he, yeah. Even even after he peed on her, if he had just been like, "I'm so sorry. I'm a dumb dumb idiot. I promise I'll just go to sleep in the right. back." They would have been fine with it. He had to then be like, okay, not only am I going to pee on you, but I'm your leader now. I think it is a little harsh. Uh, I understand that he might not be a real puppy. According to Velma. According to Velma. However, even if I got annoyed with my nephew, like my sister's child, even if they were a grown adult and I left them by the side of on a desert highway yeah i think that's a little harsh too but like also but he's scrappy do he's like his whole thing is like i can do anything so it's like yeah. all right all right sure let's let's yeah. let's let's take that figure it out and he drive. obviously did figure it out he was fine because yeah. he ended up <laughs> he worked his way up yeah okay so after the fly was that halloween town that's halloween town yeah so i mean we've already it, this was basically Halloween Town. This was yeah. It was this was the same plot beat, and beat and beat. set <laughs> as no. It it definitely wasn't because I the one thing I did read was I think this was filmed in Australia. Yes. And yeah. was like a kick-ass time, great place to be, whatever. Yeah. And and Halloween Town was filmed in uh like one month in the sweltering heat of just somewhere <laughs> in the United States. So. I imagine yeah. this movie was a better hang yeah. than oh, Halloween sure. Town was. But everything else, every every costume they used in Halloween Town yeah. was in this movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So next after Halloween Town is James and the Giant Peach. Oh, is James and the Giant Peach. Hmm. Uh, sort of jarring animation side by side with live action people. oh totally that's exactly um, what it is yeah yeah i think yeah i think again it was a ragtag group of oh yeah clearly clearly a family of some kind like the bond between shaggy and scooby like legit touched me how much yeah. they love each other not so much any of the i didn't think that any of the other characters cared about each other in any capacity but really the bond between shaggy and scooby they got they got right also like we haven't talked about this but matthew lillard is shaggy oh it, yeah like uh, just an amazing and yeah, iconic this performance, performance yeah this yeah. performance is is yeah. historic like this yeah. is yeah one of those roles that just no one else could possibly play it will go down in history like yeah, I mean it's it's like it's like Wesley Snipes playing Blade. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot like that. And he, yeah, he's and, fantastic in this. And yeah. I think he like 
must have studied really hard to <laughs> to to get everything perfect. Oh, he, I, you could see it in his yeah. in his physicality and his mannerisms. In obviously, the voice was amazing. But it's really easy. So if you take your voice and go from the base of your voice to the falsetto, oh, there's that little crack. Like that's where that's where it lives. Yeah, he really he really sank his teeth into that. Yeah, role. I I feel like Linda Cardellini who played Velma. Also kind of, she was good, but like mm-hmm. none of, no one was bringing the Lillard energy. Like yeah. no, like just. Also the, the uh, name Lillard is pretty. It's, it's like. It is a wet, he's a wet dude. <laughs> he is a wet is, dude. Is he one of the wet dudes in Scream? Like I feel like he oh. should. I think he's in Scream. He should be. He- <laughs> hey, hey Siri. Alexa, I don't. <laughs> hey, my neighbor's Alexa. Was Mac was Matthew Lillard in Scream? He was indeed. Yes, he was one of the uh he was one of the killers with Skeet Ulrich. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Lillard Lillard and Ulrich? and Ulrich. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lillard and Ulrich. Oh god. That's like the goopiest Oh my god. That's a that's it. Lillard and Ulrich is like about two old frogs who are so covered in slime and it's just like Lillard and Ulrich sitting on a log one's named Lillard and the other's named Ulrich no we're not <laughs> nope we gotta send it to, to Chris like it's got it's 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 a song yeah. it is the same melody I know it's the same one every time <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't do anything else. Uh, um, okay, so wh- what did we just do? Uh, we just did. Oh, James, uh, the, James Giant the Giant Peach. So now we're doing Bedazzled. Bedazzled. I mean, I would say the outfits of Bedazzled. The outfits. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, while the outfits that that they were that the uh, ladies were wearing were at times just not. There wasn't a lot of it. I did love, like, those boots, like, the so shiny, the shiny lavender boots with, like, uh, and everything's matching, but, like, yeah, ca- yeah. they have their own color schemes. Um, I think, I, I love that. yeah, I think Elizabeth Hurley would wear anything that, well, certainly that um, Mary Jane would wear. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and also, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar's wardrobe would have, yeah. Mm-hmm. At its heart, the tale of Scooby-Doo is a Faustian story. Oh, absolutely. He is he is unsatisfied with his life and the disrespect he gets for being for being puppy sized. Mm-hmm. And so he literally makes a deal with a demon or with demons or with evil yeah. entities. And it gets out of gets out of hand. Hijinks ensue. The dark apocalypse is imminent. So yes, uh Scrappy Doo is a Faustian figure in the in our uh, in our canon. That's irrefutable. Yeah. So there's that. There's yeah. In, in both in both the bedazzled universe and this one, magic is real. Magic exists. Uh-huh. Or I I don't know if you call it magic in whatever like religious magic is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, they should call them wishes. That's magic. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there it's there's no buts about it. Magic is real. Uh, wishes are real. Demons are real. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then Bl with Blade, I just was like losing my mind. I was like, okay, and now they're vampires too. Yeah. Yeah. There's van. There's, there's a sacrifice. There's um. Yeah, a ritual that needs to be performed. I think also. I think Deacon Frost and Scrappy Doo are. We're gonna remember them as the iconic uh, turn turn of the millennium villains who had who had a clear and specific plan to rule rule over their new empire and were th if only if it wasn't for that dang blade yeah if it weren't for that, that dang daywalker that meddling blade and then uh the fifth element oh yeah the fifth element I... in just the chaos the chaos oh totally and the, again the aesthetic just everything is made yes. of plastic yeah. everything is made of yeah. leather uh everyone's gonna have rave hair yeah um, yeah. I will say, I thought it was criminal that there yeah. was not a scene in this movie of like running in and out of different doorways in a hallway. Yeah. And I was like, when they were in the castle from the beginning, or no, yeah. when they get to the spooky castle on Spooky Island, they're in an old ass hallway with all of these doors in it. And I thought, for sure that's when this is coming because you're literally in a hallway you're setting this up and that's like the one visual from Scooby Doo besides maybe like pulling right. off a mask um that's like the one thing and I was like oh you yeah. didn't even like there this movie felt like it referenced characters from Scooby Doo and then besides yeah. like the I don't know I just feel like there it it didn't it didn't have much of like the heart of of things in school. It no, was like, remember no. these characters? It like it didn't have the heart. Like it had them like break up, and it, it kind of winked at you, like, oh yeah, they always split up, or right. uh, Shaggy and and Scooby are gonna follow their stomachs, and then just broke with tradition. I think aggressively making making Velma heterosexual was a real yeah. a real punch punch in the face for me personally uh yeah and and i but i think like the characterization it was its own thing like i i almost kind of liked one of the arguable um stars of this movie freddie pretty <laughs> <laughs> arguably one of the people in this movie I liked what he was giving. Like, I think, uh, you know, we love a himbo. We do. Yeah. He was a little bit too mean. Like, I think he's just, I think in the TV show, if I recall, he's just, he's just a dumb jock, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, that. that's great. So, yeah, I think he could have been a little bit uh, dumber, less mean. I think he was just very self-centered. Yeah, is was his more character trait. He was very vain, but I and I like yeah, it was good. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was trying to do do girl power, and you know she gotta, she does that. I I thought that, yeah. um I wrote down that she did uh Sarah Michelle Gellar did roughly a blood god's worth of martial arts in this movie. Yeah, which is to yeah. say not a lot because um <laughs> the blood god's not doing the uh, Wesley Snipes no. is doing. <laughs> The they were arts. like, they were like, we know you trained for like seven years on Buffy, but we're not gonna let you do any of that. You're gonna because... like, you're gonna take a stance, and then we're gonna get a stunt double in here. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the the protoplasm. Let's do it. I was gonna say that's really the only critical wet moments. Yeah. No, I really, I mean, 
I, that's the only other really topic that that I have on my on my list yeah. um, that we haven't that we haven't broached yet. And it's yeah. the it's the protoplasm. So yeah, yeah, you got like you got like a nice you got like a nice uh, basin. You got like a, a what's the thing from Harry Potter that looked like that? Uh, the pensive. Yeah, the you, pensive. Yeah, you got a big old pensive. Yeah, so it's just kind of like a big old basin of souls and gooey nonsense and they're just like oh it's people's protoplasm of course you know oh, yeah. protoplasm that we have in society yeah uh i believe shaggy at so shaggy is over this basin of people's souls which is basically like uh wispy ghost versions of people's heads mm -hmm. horrifying renderings of these actors faces Mm -hmm. um like their little ghost heads and he pulls mm -hmm. them out and they're kind of goopy too um, oh yes and and honestly this was the only cgi in the movie that was not a nightmare to look at and okay it was still horrifying to look at but what i mean is the effect that they achieved yeah. with this was was pretty cool i was yeah, like oh yeah. it does kind of look liquidy and when it all spills out i yeah. was like oh, yeah. oh like that it's, looks pretty good in it's uh, because it's a yeah. plasma it's neither a liquid uh -huh. or, a, or a solid uh but yes shaggy said pulls them out and he goes Oh, you're a freaking protoplasmic head. And um, like, we just know what that means. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So what we never see is how that's extracted. We see it schloop back into people, but yes. we don't see. And that's like, that's. um. I think it's the triangle that the that MacGuffin. Does, yeah. That's like, it sucks it out. The pyramid, I think. It like does that because if you remember, oh yeah, they put it on like a switching. stump, yeah. yeah, and and then they all switch bodies and. And what I really loved about that scene was after mm -hmm. the first time it happened, before it they even switched again, Velma was like, "Ah, oh, well, what's happening here is it will happen randomly over a period of time until they're back in our souls again." And I was like, "How did you know it was going to happen again? <laughs> How like?" The person making this movie should have been like, after the second time we see it, they notice a pattern. Because you can't yeah. notice a pattern if it's only happened once. I'm picking apart a thing that, like, I just shouldn't. I just shouldn't right. ask questions. I think Velma, again, <laughs> is a nerd. And we all know that dorky chicks like her also also turn Fred on. So we, she's a nerd. She oh, just knows these things. Yeah, when he said that, I was like fuck you <laughs> i was like oh oh good okay good i was worried <laughs> like uh, yeah i felt all of the feelings yeah. that the director and the screenwriter wanted me to feel i'm sure yes. at that moment yeah. uh so protoplasm looking it up thanks, oh you thanks. think it might be a real thing it's a real thing in it biology. is a real thing yeah it is it is the colorless material comprising the living part of a cell, including the cytoplasm, nucleus, and other organelles. So it's the gunk in a cell. So yeah. the, the thesis of this movie that is based on a children's cartoon from the 60s onward that clearly says magic is not real and it's us usually <laughs> a charade like for the profit. the whole point of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it posits that... Your soul, your essence, is contained within just the juicy gunk within your cells. Wet. Wet. Possibly, that is a wet... 
possibly the wettest concept we've ever yeah. gotten to. And you know what they're talking about. You know what they're talking about. They're talking about the flesh. <laughs> oh, no. Right? They're fucking talking about that. The Brundle fly fucking gets it. And they got to it. Scrappy-Doo and the gang got to the flesh way faster than Seth Brundle. Scra- I mean, we don't know how long Scrappy-Doo was planning this. Uh, yeah. I assume, I think there's there was like a two-year time jump. There was. So I think yeah. it had to have been less than two years, but... okay. Yeah, I don't know how long he had been running the island. And what a long con to be like, I need to buy a a private island and then build a theme park only made out of chrome. And that, yeah, we don't need to go. But like the groundwork that he had to do to set to set this up. And I think he did it by force because he locks Rowan Atkinson, real Rowan Atkinson, in the basement. Oh, yeah. And we see him at the end and, and he's like. Yeah, he he looks like he's been down there for years. Yeah, he's he's like uh, um, uh, Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, clearly this movie, clearly Scrappy Doo. This movie is is all movies. This movie contains it's all movies. This movie contains references to all movies ever made. All movies ever made can trace their roots back to uh, 2002's The Scooby Doo Movie. All movies were forged in the protoplasm of this movie. Yes. But yeah, I th- oh, such a wet concept that I didn't even really really think about. That's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this no, what I was going to say, love- when you were talking about how this is based on the cartoon from the 60s, I wrote down the final thing I wrote down after watching this movie. When I thought about the things that I know about Scooby-Doo and the things that I think of when I think of Scooby-Doo and the fact that I just needed to... S- you were in a hallway. You were setting up that scene and then you didn't do yeah. the one thing. I was like, this is based on Scooby-Doo in the same way that my morning shit is based on dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. Um, and I'm sorry, yeah. James Gunn. I'm sorry, guy who was the director of this movie. Yeah, but I just yeah really stand by that. <laughs> I think this is one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fun. It is really uh, never has a twist had my jaw <laughs> drop to the floor because I, I think because I Wikipedia things so heavily, I am just like can be kind of obsessive about pop culture. I know. I unfortunately have spoiled myself for a lot of twists. Mm-hmm. I did not spoil myself for this twist. So I was truly, it was, it, I was like, scrappy do. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. It, it was, was truly. Um, so my critical wet moment of this movie was when Sugar Ray is in it. Yes. Which we didn't talk yes. about enough. So yes. this will give us an opportunity to. Yeah. And I was just like. I had it's it's the point of the movie where I had the most questions, so that felt yeah. very like wet and un- unsettling, and like yeah. I was I I didn't have I lost my mooring, and of course Mark McGrath himself is just an oil slick of a man. Sugar Ray, one of the wettest fans ever. So wet, yeah. and I was like, 
is Mark McGrath in on it? Like, is he in on what's happening? Because he like. <laughs> so I think he's a monster. I think he has the monster inside of. Okay. Inside of him, because okay. you see his eyes glow green. So I think this movie is 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 telling us that uh, that Sugar Ray is like in real life just a vessel for vampire creatures trained in to be quote-unquote teens uh cool teens mm-hmm. yeah, and he's a, that a is vessel, what they're affecting a vessel yeah. for the darkopolis right yeah and a vessel for the darkopolis and that checks out because yeah there are an appro- they're like an approximation of like surf like yeah surfer alt rock culture yes <laughs> but but if it was taught to a a melty cgi demon monster vampire yeah. and then inhabiting their flesh so that checked out this soundtrack was oh, yes the incredible soundtrack so wet. it had the bahaman uh-huh. it had sugar ray it had Outcast, which I was delighted. I was like, is this Outcast? It was an incredible soundtrack. It had an Uncle Cracker and Busta Rhymes song. Okay. Same song. And then Simple Plan. And I was like, again, of the moment, but incredibly just just wet 2000s. Just amazing. What? Who did the, who did the, um, the, the the like the Scooby Doo song at the end, that plays at the end. I didn't look it up. Oh, uh, a punk band. Okay. Um, I mean, it was great. It on. was so good. It was it was really great. Uh, the soundtrack again. I cannot knock the soundtrack at all. Oh, Shaggy was also in this. They had to get Shaggy on the soundtrack. <gasps> when on. was wait? Because his name is Shaggy. <laughs> Of course, of course, and he fits the and vibe. And he does the right, right. That's so yeah, perfect. Yeah, oh, he damn. Fits, yeah, he he did a song called "Shaggy, Where Are You?" I don't know if that when again. I wasn't taking that detailed notes, mm. uh, but th- I think it was uh, yeah, a punk, American punk band, MXPX. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. People are gonna people can call me a poser. It's fine. I lived through 2003 to 2006 being called that all the time it's fine yeah oh shit they're like a really serious punk band wow and they did they they're said like yes to doing scooby-doo with yeah oh they're also a christian punk band cool. oh that's why the, right. that's why they did scooby-doo because <laughs> scooby-doo at its heart is about resisting the devil yeah it's about saying magic isn't real his forms yes but not this movie (laughs) this movie this movie was like the devil comes in many forms one of them may be scrappy do Mm -hmm. you don't know be alert it may come in the form of rowan atkinson okay this was a critical weapon for me uh they rip off Rowan Atkinson's mm-hmm. face in the reveal, mm-hmm. like much like the Scooby-Doo uh, unmasking, but it's just a robot face, horrifying, mm-hmm. very wet. Mm-hmm. And then I I don't know how Rowan Atkinson's chest cavity is is unveiled, but within his chest cavity is um, a CGI puppy. Is is scra- <laughs> is a CGI puppy? <laughs> yeah. Crit. Critically wet. Critically yeah. wet. I have one, another thing I wanted to comment on. Mm. I loved, and 
because I did not know the twist okay, that yeah. people were being controlled by uh, <laughs> the Dark Hawkbullets. <laughs> yeah. Scrappy do. It doesn't get easier. Every time I say it, it doesn't make it any better. I loved the portrayal of the Coast Guard as evil. I think this is the first time <laughs> okay, yeah. in American film that the Coast Guard have been have been portrayed as an evil force, and because they uh, because they call <gasps> oh the I remember what them, you're talking about yeah they call uh, I think Daphne calls them yeah no no um Mary Jane I oh, Mary Isla Jane. Fisher calls them yeah okay is this before she's been. I that's not clear so but it doesn't matter because it doesn't doesn't matter because their response is oh their response is like (laughs) they they they're they're cool with it they're just like that's funny no and then they turn and they turn to the camera and like do an evil laugh oh yes yeah yeah yeah. no so they they're like oh that's awful but then you're they're like we're evil we're in on the thing and I was like that's great that this is a truly truly uh cutting edge avant-garde decision (laughs) to to portray in a children's movie the coast guard is evil i'm like great well and yeah and it it implies that the coast guard are the monsters right yeah that's what i that's how i interpreted it scrappy Doo got has infiltrated the coast guard yeah yeah he the implications of scrappy Doo's wrongdoing and like the amount of harm and just as a part of his plan that he was able to amass in two years, like taking taking on the U.S. military. This is like, yeah, Woo, scrappy dude. Yeah. I do have a big bone to pick with the movie for the um, when Keanu when Keanu gets in here and asks his question. OK, are we ready to move on to that? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for Keanu. All right. You don't. You don't have any holes? Nope. Uh, so the the whole the new hole in this in this movie for me, well, there were there were several holes. Um, you know, of course, Shaggy dives uh, f- should be fatally down one. Um, <laughs> and yeah. the big hole was w- one of the last lines. One of the last things that happens is that they they accept or, or they get receive like another mission or they receive another mystery to solve. And it's that there's a mud bog ghoul terrorizing yep. London. And I was like, yep. a mud bog ghoul terrorizing London. You say, why, why couldn't I, why can't I see that? Like I, <laughs> the hole was like the despair that I immediately felt being like, you're telling me I could have had a mud bog ghoul movie i don't know if there this if you know this about me but i love bogs i love (laughs) i love bogs so much (laughs) and i and i I gotta i gotta lie down (laughs) please please continue i'm just lying down (laughs) i love bogs because like bog there's so many things to love about bogs (laughs) first of all bogs are where cranberries are grown and so you could like i love cranberry bogs because you're just like sloshing around in water but it's like good water because it's good for the cranberries and so you could just like scoop up just like water and cranberries and it all all the cranberries look like they're 
they're made like the water's made of cranberries it's yep. everything about a cranberry bog is wonderful i love cra- oh, i love cranberry delightful. juice yeah. i love it and then i just love i love the concept of a place where so i think i maybe had like a formative experience with a bog um growing up and that's why i love it so much um in sixth grade, the big thing at my elementary school was uh, the sixth graders got to go on a field trip overnight at this nature conservation center. And you learned Ooh. about the local wildlife in Minnesota and you learned about conservation and you learned like uh, it was oh and you learned um like orienteering skills out in the woods and it was really empowering because I was like I have the worst sense of direction but like you're kind of forced with a partner to find these markers in the woods and find your way back and it was such a good experience it was I have so many happy memories from it um and one of the things you got to do was do a bog walk and I was so excited about the bog walk. And then you the only thing about the bog walk is you have to step in the same footprints as the people in front of you. And that like they drilled that into our heads because at yeah. any moment you could just fall through into like a muddy pit, which is oh, shit. I, what I love about bogs. It's like unstable land that's like very uh, liquid rich right right yeah (laughs) and so but yeah this the big thing was my mom was a was a chaperone on this on this trip and I was cool with that I you know my mom and I got along really well and I loved having her there for things I wasn't like embarrassed of her or anything but she there were only two people that fell into the bog and one was fucking Eric. You know, everybody knew Eric was going to fall into the bog because that's just what Eric does. And, you know, but he like he like got his like his shoe was all muddy. Like he he fell in maybe up to like maybe right below the knee or something. And then the other person who fell in was my mother up to her neck. (laughs) And like... I just remember taking a picture with a disposable camera that we all got to go on this trip of her like yeah. <laughs> like on this rock like with her head with her head on her on her how would you describe this pose uh like a uh elementary school picture fo- pose where your cheek is on your your fist yeah and and just and like look pensive just like look like this thing yeah, yeah just on a rock like that just like covered in mud and uh it's a great memory for me and I she probably feels differently but I honestly would have loved I think like I just mud's great I love a bog I love a bog. <laughs> and also this is such that when I think of a bog I think of like the the marshlands that Frodo and Sam have to cross oh, with yes, Gollum. Yes. Uh, the dead marshes. Yes, yes, that is the name. This way. Don't follow the lights. And there's yeah. like the people's faces right underneath it, and there's all the dead yeah, people, yeah. and like it's kind of a horrifying concept, I guess, but like. I, I any memory from Lord of the yeah. Rings is a happy one for me. So I the dead marshes. Okay, see, I'm trying. I, I <laughs> that was not should have gotten Helen Mirren. Yeah, I was gonna say that was not a great Gollum. I, I, I have there wasn't a great Helen Mirren. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I love a I love a bog, and I was so <laughs> I was just it was just such a a hole in my heart when I when I realized we could have gotten a mug mud bog ghoul in london and we didn't 
this is such an important origin story for you, Caitlin, for why why I think you might like wet movies. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I, I believe that I'm probably a few English many all English people descended from Bob people. <laughs> right. So I I get it. Yeah, yeah. Th- I also felt that. I was like a mud bog rule terrorizing London. Yeah. Uh, they could have teamed up with Sherlock Holmes. <gasps> I know. Wouldn't that have been so it, fun? It would have been delightful. Um, the Raker Street Rereg Rumors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, for me, the whole... Ugh. I mean, obviously, the chest cavity that's oh. Scooby-Doo size that's needed to pilot a completely realistic uh, robot of ro- double of Roman Atkinson. That's that's a big is hole. He, wait, I didn't know that. is he called Robot Atkinson? <laughs> he is now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robot Atkinson. I think, and I also think that, like, I imagine in the 2000s, Culturally, there was just a whole where, like, we abandoned a lot of ideas, especially post 9 11. Uh, it was a very hard time to be left wing. It was very hard in many ways. Like, our, there's a great, great things from from that time period, like the OC, and can't think of other. Yeah, mainly the mainly the OC, mainly the OC. Very iconic. Like, that's my. Those are my formative years. I have a lot of great things. But I do think that the excess of this movie was trying to fill a hole left in the sort of pop culture landscape and in the American psyche. And I I mean, as we've always tried to do with consumerism. Um, So Scrappy-Doo, and I think Scrappy-Doo is the perfect dark villain figure to represent that time period, I think, yeah. I'm not saying that Scrappy-Doo piloted a was inside the chest cavity of of Dick Cheney, but famously he's had heart he's problems. He's famously so. had heart problems, and yeah. I don't think it's been disproven that that's true. So Yes, exactly. So, Scooby, Sc- Scrappy-Doo, you've got some explaining to do. Yeah. All right. I th- yeah, I think it's time to render some verdicts do it so i would say this movie is as wet as a hot topic spiky plastic choker that's been soaking in crude oil in carl rove's walk-in meat humidifier and the meat humidifier it doesn't dry out the meat it just makes it super uh melty and not good to eat, but that's how Carl Rove likes it. That's He's how he like, likes it. Yeah, he does. That's how he it. likes it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I need to explain that anymore. It's very two thousands. It's very pop punk. It's fair. It's it's giving us all these different things, and yeah, it's of its time. It's it's disgusting, but there's also you know so something charming about it. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, this movie, this is a wet movie. It was wetter than I hoped it could be. It was wetter than I remembered even. So yeah, basically, I think this movie is as, it's as wet as Rowdy Roddy Piper being offered the role of like a, like a big wet frog and turning it down because he's already playing 
just a just a slug, <laughs> it, a, a slug, ma- a mating slug. <laughs> in in another movie or just just yeah in another no okay. the same sorry it's the same movie the okay. the casting director forgot they already <laughs> they already asked him. Uh, and yeah that's what that's what's so extra wet about yeah. it is it's like because he's like hey oh god is this gonna be am i gonna do yeah, a rowdy rock yeah. piper he's gonna be like hey, but you guys but you guys already you guys already cast me don't you yeah. don't you remember <laughs> and they're like oh we just want you to play every yeah. part <laughs> rowdy yeah. we lo- we love rowdy rowdy piper i love him yeah R R R A P. yeah i want him to play all the slimy things yeah yeah well this was a magical magical experience for me i've not been shocked (laughs) by a twist ending like this i don't think like I don't think ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, be- mostly because it didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So that was very shocking. And you just, now I'm going to, whenever I watch any movie, I'm going to, from now on, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat. I'm going to be like, all right, all right, this is, I'm just, this is the Queen's Gambit, but I don't know. Scrappy Doo could show up you at ha- any moment. So you have to live your life as if any villain could be scrappy do from now on i can't live any other way yeah exactly and yeah you'd think this is about just one's own demons and chess chess. yeah that's the only thing it's (laughs) i've been i've been watching bits and pieces of it but no it could be scrappy do that could be her final opponent Mm -hmm. she could be scrappy do we don't know this episode is brought to you by spooky island resort for teens scrappy do free since 2002 we think we hope This has been a production of Mess and Finesse, a comedy label based out of Somerville, Massachusetts. If you want to hear more of this program or shows like this, please send us an email at admin at messandfinesse.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at M-E-S-S-A-N-D-F-I-N-E-S-S-E dot com. And for more content, directory of programs, or information on live shows and comedy classes, please visit messandfinesse.com or follow us at Mess and Finesse on social media. Thank you for listening.